isn't it great to be in church tonight? Don't you love Wednesday night? Before we go, and next week, Pastor Todd is going to take us out in the year in great grand style. Do not miss next week. I love when Pastor Todd gets up here and brings it, don't you? It's awesome. So I got to say one thing before I get into what I'm going to be talking about here, and that is we have an honored guest tonight. He's not a guest. He's one of us, but we need to honor him. Sit down, Todd. It's not you. He's come to us all the way from India. Listen to this. This man has 31 dream centers in his ministry. Good news, India. Why don't you stand to your feet, Dr. Fais Raman. We love him, support him. He's the man. Love you, Dr. Raman. Well, hallelujah. We got a special night tonight. In fact, tonight we're going to do things a little bit differently than normal, okay? So just get ready for it. Things are going to be different, so go with us on this, okay? Because we're going to spend some time here looking at what the Bible has to say about the quality of faithfulness, and then we are going to give every one of us, including myself, all of us are going to have an opportunity then to put it into practice, okay? So I'm just warning you right now, laying it out there, so get ready. A lot of times you don't get to do that that quickly, but we're going to do that. You're going to hear the word, and then we'll get to act on it. Doesn't that sound like fun? It's going to be. So this is great. So let's talk about faithfulness, okay? Faithfulness is a word that's not used much in our lexicon these days. We used to celebrate faithfulness and all of its virtues in our culture, but not as much anymore. Think about it. When I was a kid, I would go home and I would turn on the television and I would watch The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger had a faithful sidekick. What was his name? Tonto. Lone Ranger and Tonto. Some of you, some of you, you remember that very, very well. Some of you, you heard about it, but some of us lived it. The Green Hornet was another guy. He had a faithful sidekick. What was his name? Kato, played by Bruce Lee. That's right. Batman had a sidekick. What was his name? Robin. Millie had a sidekick. What was his name? Vanilli. There you go. Sonny had a sidekick. What was her name? Cher, there you go. And maybe it was Cher had Sonny as a sidekick. I don't know how that works. But being faithful, that was something we grew up with, but it's not been celebrated as much in recent days as the attitude of me, myself, and I seems to rule the day. And I know all of us realize that in the body of Christ, that just doesn't work, does it? In the body of Christ, me, myself, and I doesn't work. In, 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 in the body of Christ, there's only one star. What's his name? Jesus. We hitch our wagon to the star of Jesus. The rest of us are his representatives. We represent him collectively in this crazy and wacky world that we live in. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, he makes this famous analogy that we've been talking about. He says, you, and he's talking to the disciples, his followers, the believers, he says, you are the salt of the earth. He says, you are the light of the world. 
And we've been discussing this whole concept of salt and light. What does it mean? What does salt and light look like for us in the 21st century? And we've concluded here that the picture of salt and light being, being present in the life of the modern day believer is found in Galatians chapter 5. This is the picture. Speaking of the fruit of the Spirit, that's the picture. Look at it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. See, when these fruit, look at them, take a picture of them, when they're being seen in our lives, when they dominate our character, being lived out through the Holy Spirit that is within us, when Jesus becomes our Savior, they dominate our character that, that everyone in the world then sees these things. At that point, you can say that you're salt, you're light. That's what it's all about. It's living with those things being apparent in your life and then the effect that it's having on everyone around. Now, for the few minutes that we have here, I want to look at the fruit of faithfulness there in Galatians 5. What is faithfulness? Well, in the context here in Galatians, it's translated actually faith. And we know that faith is an attitude of unwavering commitment to something or someone in spite of all of the obstacles that would take us a different direction. Elton Trueblood, he said it this way. He's an, he's an author. He said, Faith is not belief without proof, but trust without reservation. It's a good quote. And so faithfulness, faithfulness expands by definition. It expands that whole concept of faith to an extraordinary commitment to our faith that drives us to action. That's what faithfulness is. An extraordinary commitment of our faith that drives us to an action, to do something about it. Now, how important this is for us as believers as we move into the most important time of the year for Dream City Church, this season of compassion. As a church, hear this, we will be affecting the lives of literally thousands of people in the next week and a half. If you're new here, understand this. I know you go, oh, that's just, no. That's not just preacher talk. That's reality, okay? We will reach in these next weeks more people collectively than we have reached collectively over the entire year in just these next several weeks to end the year. So it's amazing. Without the faithfulness of the people of God, it would not happen. It would not become a reality. Only through faithful people can an outreach or can this type of ministry go forward and, and do what it does in changing the lives of so many. It's faithfulness, hear this, that drives all the ministries of Dream City Church, period. Without faithfulness, we can't do it. In a, I can just say it this way. Without faithfulness, we wouldn't exist in reaching this community for God. In Luke 18, Jesus said this, when I, the son of man, returns, how many know Jesus is coming back to earth again someday? And I believe after yesterday, it's probably sooner than many of us think. He says this, how many will I find on earth who have faith? And you can expand that 
How many do I find on earth who have faithfulness? Jesus said that when we go into his presence after, after, after we've died on this earth or after we're gone from this earth or raptured and we stand in his presence and we are being, we are at the judgment seat or we are at the Bema seat judgment, what's he going to say to us? He's going to say, well done thou good and faithful servant. He's going to say, you've been faithful in few things, I'm going to make you ruler over many. Faithfulness is important to Jesus. How many know that? It's important. It's vital. Now, why is it so important? Well, the Bible tells us three things about the importance of faithfulness. And I want to look at these in the next few moments. Three things about the importance of faithfulness. Here it is. First of all, the Bible says that God is looking for faithful people. He is in search of faithful people, physically, visibly, actively taking the initiative to look for faithful people that he can bless. God is looking for people he can bless, and, and, and what he looks for are people of faith. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord search back and forth across the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward him, so he can show his great power in helping them. That's a great verse to memorize right there. God is looking for people to use. And if you get usable, he's going to wear you out. He is. If you get blessable, he's going to bless your socks off. How do you know? There you go right there. I don't have any socks. That's why I don't wear them anymore. There you have it. God says, I will use you if you're usable. He's looking for people. He's looking for faithful people that he can use. But if you notice in this verse, it says, so that he can show his great power in helping them. How would you like to be helped by God? He wants to do it. He's going to bless you. I mean, talk about the next level of support. Who needs AAA when you've got God on your side? That's the way it works. The father of our modern day uh, uh, men's movement, Edwin Lewis Cole, he said this, your faithfulness makes you trustworthy to God. God is in search mode for faithful people. That's number one. Second thing about faithfulness, why is it so important? Because the Bible teaches that faithful people don't just grow on trees. So we need faithful people. It's that important. If faithfulness is that important to God and and faithful people are so rare, that's what we're seeing here in this day and time. They are rare. People who trust God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, they're actually quite rare. They're hard to find. The Bible says in Proverbs 26, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is, but just try to find someone who really is. A lot of people talk the talk, but they don't really trust God. They don't believe God. See, they they trust in other things. They trust in their doctor. They trust in their credit card, which seems crazy to me as credit cards now are about 30% interest. They trust everything else. They say they believe in God, but they don't really trust him when it comes to their finances, their health, their job, or these other things. We see it all the time. I love what Nicky Gumbel said. The strength of your faith is not measured by the absence of doubt, but by the faithfulness of your life in the face of doubt. Psalm 53 says this, God looks down from heaven at the children of man to see if a single one is wise and seeks God, but all of them have proven faithless. 
You can circle that one if you can get it. All have been corrupted basically by the world, he's saying, and not one of them always does right. See, faithful people are hard to find. God's looking for people that he can bless. Who are the people he can bless? People who are faithful, but he can't find any blessable people who are going to live by faith. What a challenge to us. I want to be a person that gets blessed by God. How about you? So I want to be a person that lives by faith. I want to be faithful. So faithful people, they're in great demand, but they're in short supply. There's a third thing here, and I'm about done, and we're going to change the order of things. The third thing the Bible says is this, that faithfulness is the door to blessing and victory. Thank you so much. I'm glad somebody's wide awake. I love that. I'm taking her with me. Come on. Let's, let's, man, we're going on the road with this thing here, you know. Billy Graham, eat your heart out. Here we go. Faithfulness is the door to blessing and victory. It's the key to victory in your life over all the problems of your life. See, and, and, and it's the key, it's the door to the blessings being poured out in your life. Just being a faithful man, a faithful woman. The Bible says this in Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will be richly blessed. Let me tell you, as your pastor and all this pastoral team, let me tell you, we want you to be blessed. Do you realize that? As pastors, we want you to experience blessing. You know, I, I want God to bless your life. I want God's blessing in, in, in your physical being. I want God to, to give you financial blessings. I want God to give you emotional blessings, mental health, mental blessings, vocational. I want God, social, every area of your life. I want you to be blessed. We all want you to be blessed. I like it this way. A faithful man will be richly blessed. That's what Proverbs says. I want you to be richly blessed. But you see here something. In that verse, there's a condition. What's the condition? In order for you to have that blessing, you're going to have to express faithfulness. You're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to live the faithful lifestyle. See? And a key, now hear this. A key to expressing faithfulness is giving obedient service to God. In fact, that could be considered the definition of Christian faithfulness. Obedient service to God. Doing what he wants. Serving his cause. What's faithfulness? Serving his cause. What is it? Prioritizing his cause. Giving obedient service to God. Fulfilling the great commission. That's being faithful. To go and make disciples of all nations. That's what it is. To be spiritually faithful. Now you may be saying like many people, I get it, Brad, but where do I find opportunities to do something like that? I mean, you know, you're a pastor. You get stuff like that all the oh yeah. I drive to church and people just jump out and say, Pray for me, I want to accept Christ. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen. We're just like you. Everyone's the same in the same boat. But I get it. Where do I find these kind of opportunities? I mean, in my world, those opportunities don't happen every day. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because I believe that there's no greater place to exercise the fruit of the Spirit than right here at Dream City Church in the season of compassion. That's one of the greatest things about the season of compassion. It's not just that we reach out to everybody, but it's that God uses us to do it. 
We get to be the ones that are his hands and feet. We get to be the ones that experience all the good stuff in watching lives be changed. God just doesn't do it, pal. He could. But he says, I want you guys to get the fun out of it. I want you to be faithful. When you're faithful, buddy, it's going to bless your socks off. Watch what can happen. That's the way it works. See, there's no greater place to exercise the fruit of the Spirit than what we have in these next couple of weeks, these next few weeks. No greater place to show faithfulness than to step up, get involved in seeing literally thousands of people come to Christ over these next two months. And that's not an exaggeration, is it? If you've not been here, that's not an exaggeration. A story that I hear all the time. About three months ago, I did a funeral for someone in the church that had passed away. And the family, they just grew up in the church. I didn't know the story of this guy, so I sat down with the family and asked them, tell me a story of how he got saved and all of that stuff. You know what they said? (laughs) His daughter spoke up. Now, these people have been in the church for years. I've known them. He says, you know, I don't know how many years ago it was, 20, 25 years ago, my dad came to a Christmas production And when pastor got up and gave the invitation, he lifted his hand and accepted Jesus as his Savior. That's where it all began. His life was transformed. It was changed. And guess what? Yeah. And guess what else? She said, and that's when the rest of our family, he brought to church. Our whole family got saved through that. They're pillars in this church right now. And it all happened because the patriarch of the family came to the Christmas performance and was saved. It all happened, not just because of Pastor Tommy or Pastor Luke. It happened because there were hundreds of people that were faithful to serve. Because that pageant, that performance couldn't happen without all the thousand people that made it happen. It was just as much the blessing. God will look at us who are ushers and greeters during the the performance. And he will say, you have been faithful in these things. As much as he's going to say, you have been faithful, Pastor Luke. Luke and Pastor Tommy, because everywhere we serve, wherever we serve, we have a part in seeing those people come to Jesus Christ. That's so cool. The janitors, the people that clean up after the camels that go by, all of that, that's usually me. All of those people, everyone are a part of that person coming to Jesus Christ. Faithfulness, faithfulness, that's what it's all about. And and that story goes on year after year after year. They've made a difference. It's a monumental task. I get it. It takes hundreds, even thousands of people to pull it off. But like the words of John F. Kennedy, when he spoke his vision about sending a man to the moon in the decade of the 1960s. You remember the speech? He says, we don't do these things because they're easy. We do them because they're hard. It takes sacrifice. Sure it does. It takes time. It takes effort. But at the end of it all, we realize that the sacrifice is nothing compared to the reward. Being part of life change for so many people. Boy, when that happens, you see those hands go up. The hours of labor, of preparation, teamwork, all pale when you look at those people that have now given their life to Jesus Christ. Every single night, thousands of them raising their hands as a testimony that Jesus is now the savior of their life let me tell you something that makes rockets go off in your heart and in your soul if it doesn't brother you might as well lay down let us throw dirt in your face because you're dead how do you become salt and light 
by lighting the way, illuminating the way with faithfulness, doing what's needed for the kingdom of God to be built and for the people of our world to see that there's more important things in life than just work, than just accumulating money, just getting more stuff, taking kids to soccer, taking kids to dance recitals, being another rat in the race. There's so much more. God has so much more for everyone we're going to reach. And God has so much more for every single one of us as we commit to saying, God, we're going to be faithful. We're going to be used of you. I want to be part of that great harvest. I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines when I get to heaven watching everybody else, God saying, you did good, you did good, you did good. You got, man, you served, you gave, you, you did all those things during those pageants, during those performances. Because of that, we have all these people. I don't want to be the guy standing on the sidelines watching this. I want to be the guy right in the middle of it. Said, okay, God, I'm here, man. I was faithful. I want to be faithful. I can do that. I may not be able to give the altar call. I may not be able to preach. I may not be able to be one of the kings in the procession. I may not be one of the guys up. I can't be Adam doing that dance and all that stuff, whatever he does up here. I may not be able to do that, but I can serve. I can be faithful. I've got something that I can do. How many are with me on that? Amen. There's something I can do. Jesus, use me. And, oh, Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I can do. There's a work we all can do, and God has it for us.